Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now it is time for the sports news for this Tuesday, February 8th, 2022. And your reader today is Carrie Lawless. As a reminder, Radio Eye is a reading service intended for people who are blind or have other disabilities that make it difficult to read printed material. The first article is from the Lexington Herald Leader. It's entitled, Collins's Wait for Minutes Pays Off in UK Victory at Alabama by Jerry Tipton. When asked the last time he did not play much for a basketball team, Kentucky freshman Damian Collins smiled. Uh, never, he said on a Zoom conference Monday. UK assistant coach Jay Lucas saluted the patience and perseverance demonstrated by Collins who fit the profile of a Kentucky recruit by being a five-star prospect and McDonald's All-American. It's extremely hard, Lucas said. He's been the best player since probably the time he was six years old, all the way through 18. So it's hard, extremely hard. Going into Saturday's game at Alabama, Collins had played only 22 minutes since December. My whole mindset was to stay ready for my opportunity, he said. Keep working, keep grinding every day, When my chance comes, be ready to play hard. Collins acknowledged this was not easy. I think it would be tough for any basketball player, he said. Every basketball player wants to get out there and play. He credited his parents for helping him deal with the new basketball challenge of not playing. He said he speaks to his parents every night. Collins' chance to contribute in a game came at Alabama. He contributed 10 points and 6 rebounds to UK's victory. He termed it a normal game. I just did what I was asked to do, he said. After the game, UK coach John Calipari noted how Alabama's tendency to react to a guard penetrating into the paint created an opportunity to throw lobs. This led to the conclusion that an athletic big like Collins could contribute. Given Collins' 40-inch vertical leap, precision on the passes was not a must, Lucas said. Just close your eyes and throw it. Collins saluted the passers, guards Severe Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington. Two good point cards that are not selfish and that are always looking, he said. It just helps me and helps them at the same time. Lucas cited another contribution Collins made as key to Kentucky's victory, making six of six free throws in a road game freighted with importance. The UK assistant coach attributed the dunks off lobs to talent and quote, God's gift, meaning Collins' athleticism. As for the free throws, it just goes to mental toughness, Lucas said. When you don't play, the big thing now is just instant gratification for kids. I'm sure he's getting bombarded with people from the outside telling him, oh, you're not doing this, trying to blame the coaches. Not playing, it's easier to just miss a free throw and kind of have a built-in excuse. Oh, I haven't played, so that's why I missed free throws. Collins will take averages of 3.7 points, 2.6 rebounds, and 9.3 minutes into Kentucky's next game, which is at South Carolina on Tuesday night. When asked what kind of freshman season he expected to have for a program synonymous with one-and-done players, Collins said, 
just coming in, the main thing was just development, just getting myself right. Get better. Lucas suggested that Kentucky's recruiting process had to help. Kalapari's mantra is to make no promises of minutes, points, or anything else to prospects used to hearing hosannas. But we knew how talented he was, Lucas said of Collins. UK saw Collins as filling a void by being an elite shot blocker, lob threat, rim runner, Lucas said. Part of the reason his family sent him here was the development piece. Earlier in the day, South Carolina coach Frank Martin lamented the lack of production from his bigs in recent games. We've got to find a way to get our big guys involved offensively, Martin said. Our big guys, they screen. For the most part, they play pretty good post defense. We're just getting nothing offensively from our bigs right now. One of Collins's goal as a big is becoming bigger. A listed weight of 202 pounds on a six foot nine frame makes him susceptible to getting outmuscled. To stand up against bulkier opponents, Collins said he lifts weights three or four times a week. He also said he is on a meal plan. I really eat the regular stuff, he said. It's just eating more, at least 5,000 calories a day, to try to build my body. Kentucky plays South, at South Carolina tonight at 7 p.m. The next article from the Herald Leader is entitled, Number One Recruit Sharp Won't Play This Season, Calipari Says, by Ben Roberts. Following weeks of speculation, John Calipari attempted to put an end to it Monday morning. Star basketball recruit Shaden Sharp will not play basketball for the Kentucky Wildcats this season, the UK coach announced on social media, clearly hoping to bring a halt to the will-he-or-won't-he fervor surrounding the 18-year-old's presence on the team. After talking with Shaden and his parents, we, went to end, we want to end all of the speculation by again saying that he will not play for us this season, Kalapari said on Twitter. He is committed to bettering himself and our team in practice this year and being better prepared to lead us next season. Sharp, a six foot six shooting guard from Ontario, was the number one basketball recruit in the 2022 class before deciding to leave high school early and enroll in classes at UK for the current semester. He joined the team last month and has been practicing with the Wildcats for the past few weeks. The original plan was for Sharp, one of the most dynamic scorers in high school basketball, to sit out the remainder of the season as a practice player while working on his game and his strength and conditioning in preparation for his college debut in the 2022-23 season. Kalapari and Sharp's camp left the door open for a possible playing debut this winter, however, and the speculation around that scenario intensified when it was revealed that Sharp might be eligible to enter this year's NBA draft. Kalapari further stoked that speculation, whether he intended to or not, with comments on his weekly radio show a couple of weeks ago, confirming that Sharp was by that point taking full parts in full practices and wowing some of his teammates. I think our team would like me to put him in, the UK coach said January 24th. We're doing stuff, and something happens in practice, he does something, and they all kind of look at me, come on now, that's who he is? Put him in. But you got to make sure you're looking after him. Kalapari said then that Sharp still needed to get more rep, reps in and would be largely limited in what he could do on the court if he were to play this season. The UK coach did talk up his extraordinary scoring abilities, though, and he acknowledged that was something the team might need moving forward. At that time, leading backcourt scorer Ty Ty Washington was sidelined with an ankle injury, and his playing status for the immediate future was not clear. 
Washington returned to the court in an 80-62 victory at Kansas five days later, and the cats have been clicking when everyone in their backcourt is healthy. Kentucky is ranked number five nationally and has won eight of its last nine games. The Cats' only two losses since December 11th have come on the road against Louisiana State and number one Auburn. In both of those games, Washington and starting point guard Xavier Wheeler went down with injuries and had to admit, miss extended periods of time. When Washington, Wheeler, Kellen Grady, and Davian Mintz have all been healthy at the same time, Kentucky has looked like arguably the number one team in the country. While Calipari is certainly being careful with Sharp's development, he's probably also hesitant to mess with the chemistry that has led to the Wildcats entering the conversation for a number one seed in the 2022 NCAA tournament. Shaden Sharp's future at UK. Sharp's basketball mentor, Dwayne Washington, told the Herald Leader recently that the star player would not enter the 2022 draft unless he played and performed well for the Cats this season. And Calipari has repeatedly said that he expects to have Sharp on next season's roster. The wording of the UK coach's statement Monday morning would indicate that it, that, that is still the plan, though speculation will surely continue over Sharp's basketball future. Kentucky assistant coach Jay Lucas was talking with reporters Monday morning as part of UK's regularly scheduled press conference when Calipari's tweet regarding Sharp's playing status was posted. This was always kind of the plan for him to just practice, kind of take this year to just practice and develop his body and get ready for next year, Lucas said. But when you get here, you get around the team and stuff. You get excited and you want to play in the game. It started to get a lot of noise and stuff, so he was just ready, and Shane and his family were ready to move forward and focus on what's the next step. Him knowing he's not going to play and just continuing to develop and continuing to grow his game and grow his body and get ready for the following year. Lucas said Sharp can still be a valuable member of this season's team, one with realistic national title goals, even though he won't be playing in actual games for the Wildcats. I mean, he's a high-level practice guy, the UK assistant said with a laugh. You're not going to run into too many practice guys like that. You've got to guard him. He's coming at you. He's becoming aggressive. He's getting more comfortable in practice. So it's good for him too, but it's good for others because he's a different type of athlete that you don't see every day. ESPN ranks Sharp as the number seven overall prospect for this year's NBA draft, and he's widely projected as a top 10 pick if he were to leave Kentucky after this season. While Calipari's brief statement might quell speculation over the possibility that he will play this season, it likely won't do much to end the chatter that Sharp could leave Lexington for the 2022 draft without ever playing a game for the Wildcats. Washington, who coached Sharp on the Nike circuit and helped guide him through his college recruitment, has pushed back hard against that narrative in previous conversations with the Herald leader this winter. The grassroots basketball coach said Sharp's focus has been on getting better now to be fully prepared for when he gets to the NBA as opposed to jumping to the draft for a quick payday. And part of the plan involves playing in actual games for Kentucky against college competition. He knows the kid's not going anywhere, Washington said of Calipari in an interview a couple of weeks ago. He knows if the kid doesn't play, the kid's coming back. Does Calipari look worried to you? Nope, because everything we say, we do. The next article from the Herald Leader is entitled UK Women Continue Slide with Loss to Texas A&M by Cameron Drummond. 
This Kentucky women's basketball season continues to careen toward an unfortunate end. Kyra Elsie's team has now lost seven of its last eight games after Texas A&M came into Memorial Coliseum on Sunday afternoon and left 73-64 winners in overtime. Kentucky scored 26 first-quarter points and led by 12 at halftime, but the offense dried up as the game continued and Texas A&M caught fire from behind the three-point line to spark the come-from-behind win. Texas A&M, the Southeastern Conference's second-best three-point shooting team, made seven three-pointers in the second half and overtime. UK's NCAA tournament hopes were faint entering Sunday's game. Now they've been reduced to rubble. Texas A&M 73, Kentucky 64 OT. The star, Ryan Howard, led UK in scoring with 19 points. The stats, also joining her in double-figure scoring was Dreyuna Edwards with 10 points. Both Howard and Edwards had a double-double as both players grabbed 10 rebounds. Jasmine Massengill had 11 points. Freshman guard Jada Walker had 9 points all in the first quarter. The status, Texas A&M is now 13-9 overall and 3-7 and in the SEC. Kentucky is 9-10 overall and 2-7 and in the SEC. This is the first time this season UK has dropped below 500. Three takeaways. One, UK loses another game that came down to the wire. Kentucky has played its fair share of close games this season, and most of them have resulted in losses for the Wildcats. UK played the likes of Louisville, DePaul, Ole Miss, LSU, and now Texas A&M down to the wire this season, and all of those games resulted in single-digit losses for Kentucky. Sunday's game was the first overtime game this season for Kentucky, although it never should have come to that. UK scored 26 points in the first quarter and led by 12 at halftime. The Cats would go on to score just 38 points in the final 35 minutes of the game. I feel like we let defense affect our offense, Howard said. We were giving up easy points on the other end, and we weren't scoring. We were too stagnant, added UK's Edwards. Elvie agreed with Edwards and said that UK's stagnant offense led to quick shots, particularly in the second and third quarters when UK scored a combined 15 points. We had to make some adjustments on ball screen coverage. That was the biggest thing we did, Texas A&M assistant coach Greg Brown, who oversees the A&M defense, said. The Wildcats scored in single digits in both the second and third quarters, as well as in the five-minute overtime period. UK also had a chance to win the game at the end of regulation, but Texas A&M concentrated defensive pressure on Howard and forced her to take a difficult shot that missed at the buzzer. The plan was for UK to run a high ball screen with the ball in Howard's hands, but she was trapped by several Texas A&M defenders and was not able to get a quality look. Texas A&M's hot shooting from behind the three-point line in the later stages of the game was thanks to guard Destiny Pitts, formerly of Minnesota, who made five three-pointers in the final 25 minutes. Pitts led A&M in scoring with 20 points. In overtime, the Aggies never trailed and led by as many as 10 points. Also paramount to Texas A&M's success down the stretch was preventing Howard from dominating the UK offense. Howard took just one shot in overtime after scoring 12 fourth-quarter points and missing a potential winning shot at the buzzer. She's a really skilled scorer and she has a lot of height. It's really hard to guard her, especially coming off screens. Texas A&M guard Kayla Wells said of Howard, we just wanted to slow her down. We wanted anybody else but her to beat us. So I think we did a really good job, especially in overtime. 
of getting the ball out of her hands and keeping it out of her hands. Howard said UK took quick, quick shots in overtime before she was able to get the ball. Elsie added that UK needs to do a better job of helping Howard out on offense when she is double teamed or trapped by opposing defenses. We should have flashed to the ball. We have to make people pay for how they are guarding Ryan, which we didn't take advantage of today, Elsie said. Kentucky committed 24 turnovers during Sunday's loss. Two, for the first time in a while, UK was close to full health. It's been some time since Kentucky has been at full strength, and while the Wildcats still aren't there, they were closer Sunday. UK had eight scholarship players available to face Texas A&M, with Robin Benton, ankle, as the only one who couldn't go. All eight scholarship players appeared within the first six minutes of Sunday's game. It was the most scholarship players to appear in a game for UK since the last time the team played inside Memorial Coliseum, a January 20 loss to Florida. After last week's loss at LSU, head coach Kyra Elsie said she told her team, we're going to be a dangerous team when we have all of our pieces in place. But even on Sunday, the Wildcats couldn't stay healthy. Freshman guard Jada Walker took a hard screen while playing defense near midcourt in the third quarter and left the game shortly afterward. Walker did not return after leaving the game. Elsie said post-game that Walker was kept out of the game for precautionary reasons. Three, Kentucky begins important stretch of games with crucial loss. Sunday's loss to Texas A&M was UK's seventh loss in nine games dating back to the start of January. UK has lost seven of its last eight games. I think at times we've just got to be more aggressive, Edwards said. We've just got to lock in and stay focused at all times because when we aren't locked in, it hurts us. Only seven games remain in the regular season for Kentucky. Four of them will be against teams currently in contention to make the NCAA tournament, as projected by ESPN's Charlie Cream. UK's NCAA tournament hopes have faded, and the Wildcats will need to pull off some upsets if they are to re-enter the postseason picture. A prime opportunity comes Thursday night when number one South Carolina visits Lexington. But even that alone may not be enough to lift the Wildcats back into the NCAA tournament. This is Division I basketball. They came here to compete. They came here to win. Part of basketball is pressure, and they've been under pressure their whole life or they wouldn't be at this point where they are right now, Elsie said of her players. We have been resilient, and unfortunately, it's not showing up on the scoreboard like we want it to. We understand the expectation and standard at Kentucky, and that's winning. We just have to figure out a way to get it done. After Sunday's game, legendary Texas A&M head coach Gary Blair, who is in his final season as A&M head coach, said both his team and Kentucky are deserving of bids to the NCAA tournament. Despite his praise, Kentucky will have to do significant work in the SEC tournament held in Nashville during the first week of March to prolong its season. The next article is from the Louisville Courier-Journal. It's entitled, Williams Returns from Suspension by Brett Dawson. Malik Williams is back with the Louisville men's basketball team. Whether he's allowed to stay is up to him. Williams, the Cardinals' leading scorer and rebounder this season, has been suspended for the team's past two games, losses to North Carolina and at Syracuse. He was reinstated after a meeting Monday morning with UofL interim head coach Mike Pegues and interim athletic director Josh Hurd. Williams' mother, Natasha Gibson, joined via phone. The group reached an agreement that Williams can return, Piggy said on Monday's ACC coaches' Zoom call, but only under the condition that Malik can be the guy that we need him to be. 
on the court, in the locker room, he's got to conduct himself to a much higher standard than he was before the suspension, Piggy said, laid out some expectations for him that he agreed to. Williams was expected to practice with Louisville on Monday and Tuesday and will have an opportunity to play in Wednesday's game at Notre Dame, Piggy said. Pegues expressed a belief that Williams wants to comply with the conditions of his return, but noted, actions speak louder than words. Williams, a 6'11", fifth-year senior, is averaging 10 points, 8.7 rebounds this season. He's the first three-time three team captain in Louisville basketball history. He was suspended, Pegues said, for failure to meet the standard Louisville sets for players. Multiple sources said the suspension was re- related attitude issues, and Pegues alluded to those in announcing Williams' return. Malik at times has been great, Pegues said. I don't want to make this out to be like he's been an awful kid to be around the entire time he's been here. That's not the case at all. But again, with the rank of being a captain comes the responsibility of carrying yourself differently, and at your worst, on your worst day, being able to come in and be compliant and be competitive and bring energy and not drain energy from the gym. There was too much of that going on, in my opinion, which created a situation in the first place where I felt like I had to suspend him. And Pegues won't tolerate more of it. Heard served as a mediator in Monday's meeting, Pegues said, while at the same time supporting the expectations of our program. The message to Williams, Pegues said, centered largely on his legacy. It hasn't all been bad for Williams. This season's captaincy, he's a co-captain with guard Jared West, came as the result of a player vote, meaning that not long ago his teammates endorsed Williams' leadership with little more than a month left in the season, if not more, depending on how we go on to finish here, Piggies said. Williams has time to salvage the goodwill he built with the program and its fans in past seasons. Piggies stressed the importance of Williams bringing enthusiasm every day and urged the center not to not come in and give anything other than the maximum effort with great enthusiasm and put the team first. If he does that, we can have a good thing, Piggy said. We can finish strong, and we can do some big things, but that has to be the baseline expectation. The next article from the Courier-Journal is entitled Olympics Roundup. USA Today staff reports Schifrin wipes out in first run of giant slalom. Michaela Schifrin's first chance for a gold medal was almost over was over almost as soon as it began. Expected to contend for multiple medals at the Beijing Olympics, several of them gold, Schifrin lost an edge on the fifth gate of the first run of the women's giant slalom and skied out. It's the first time she's failed to finish a GS race since January 2018. Schifrin has said she hopes to do all five individual events at the Beijing Olympics. Her next race will come Wednesday in the slalom. She won gold there in 2018, making her the youngest champion in that event. Next, U.S. skier Nina O'Brien hurt in scary crash in giant slalom. Nina O'Brien, the top U.S. woman in the giant slalom after Michaela Schifrin, went out, crashed just ahead of the finish line Monday, and appeared to seriously injure her left leg. O'Brien was taken off the course on a stretcher, but U.S. Ski and Snowboard said on Twitter that she was alert and responsive. She was worried about delaying the race, the organization said, and also she wanted to know how fast she was skiing. O'Brien had one gate left in the second run and was going at top speed when she lost her balance. Her legs flew wide and she tumbled past the last gate and into the finish area. O'Brien immediately clutched at her left leg 
and still photograph showed her ankle going the opposite direction of how it should. Next, USA wins silver in team figure skating event behind stellar ice dance. After the first day of the team figure skating competition at the 2022 Winter Olympics, Team USA was dreaming of gold. Instead, it squeaked out a silver, buoyed by a strong final performance from the ice dance team of Madison Chalk and Evan Bates on Monday. The Americans edged Japan to win their first silver medal in the team figure skating event. They won bronze in both 2018 and 2014. The Russian Olympic Committee, which entered as the favorite, won gold in dominant fashion. We're celebrating silver, Bates said. Winning a silver medal, medal at the Olympic Games is an incredible achievement. And the fact that we all get a silver medal, the whole team, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Next. U.S. figure skating silver medalist tests positive for COVID-19. A prominent U.S. figure skater has tested positive for COVID-19 and at the worst possible time. U.S. figure skating announced Monday that Vincent Zhu, who is scheduled to skate the men's short program Tuesday, tested positive on Sunday. It is now unclear whether he will be able to compete. Under the guidance of the U.S. OPC medical staff, Zhu is undergoing additional testing to confirm his status the national governing body said in a statement. If the results are negative, Zhu would be able to compete in the men's short program, which begins Tuesday. At this time, we ask you respect his privacy as we await the results. Next, Russian woman makes figure skating history. In the final event of the team figure skating competition, Russian skater Kamila Valieva landed a trick that no woman had ever achieved on Olympic ice. Then she did it again in the same program. Valieva, 15, became the first woman to land a quadruple jump at the Winter Games, making four rotations in midair. She also became the first woman to land two of them in the same program, kicking off her program with a quad saukau before landing a quad toe. Next, U.S. speed skater and flag bearer Brittany Bowe comes up empty in women's 1,500 meters. It was a disappointing day for the Americans at the National Speed Skating Oval, but a historic one for an Olympic speed skating legend. Irene Wust of the Netherlands won gold at 1,500 meters Monday, claiming an individual medal at the Winter Games for a whopping fifth consecutive time. Her first medal of the street came at the 2006 Olympics in Turin, Italy. Wust also broke the Olympic record to boot. She crossed the line in 1 minute 53.28 seconds. American Brittany Bow, who carried the U.S. flag at the opening ceremony alongside curler John Schuster, had been expected to contend for a medal at this distance but finished well off the pace. She finished nearly a full second off the podium in 10th place with a time of 1 minute 55.81 seconds. Bow will next race in the 500 on Sunday and the 1000, her signature event, on February 17th. Next, American men failed to medal in snowboard slope style. There would be no repeat gold for Team USA men's snowboard slope style team. There would be no medal even. Four years after Red Gerard pulled off a surprising Olympic win, the 21-year-old finished just off the podium here at the Beijing Olympics. Guard Gerard, 21, was a surprise gold medalist in Pyeongchang four years ago, even to himself. He has since embraced the competition scene and came to Beijing gunning for a medal. He sat in third until Canadian Mark McMorris landed a big run to bump Gerard and take bronze himself. Canadian Max Parrott, who won silver in slopestyle four years ago, claimed gold, while 17-year-old Chinese phenom 
Su Yining took silver. This wraps it up for the sports news from the Lexington Herald and the Louisville Courier-Journal for this Tuesday, February 8, 2022. Your reader for today has been Carrie Lawless. Thank you for listening, and now please stay tuned for continued programming on Radio Eye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.